0: the whole crux of the whole thing that i prepared was this equation of of happiness right basic equation of happiness is reality minus expectation equals happiness or misery if your reality is a greater level than your expectations okay you're going to be happy but if your reality is less than your expectations, you're going to be miserable. That means someone who thinks to himself, All right, I'm going to do all this, I'm going to do all this. By the time I'm 40, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have $3 million. I'm going to be so happy. I'm not going to have any bills. I'm not going to have any problems, right? Then the reality, the reality is opposite of that. So his expectation was so high. Or that the moms who said, You know, you're going to be so successful in the world. You're so handsome. You're so this and that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you're so gifted. You're amazing. You're an amazing kid. And then he's like gets a normal life. Yeah. Right? He's got normal life minus very high expectation equals a miserable kid. Mm. Right? I,
1: I love how he said that like a suburban mom. <laughs>
0: no. You're amazing. No. <laughs> Ain't
2: no Daisy mom saying that. <laughs>
1: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa <laughs> Welcome to the Safina Society podcast. Before we get into the episode, I actually need to take the episode on a tangent to get to the episode.
3: I like how we're starting on brand. With, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, today we are joined once again by uh, uh, Dr. Shadi, Ilyas, and uh, Saad. So, my first question is is what is virtue <clears throat> signaling? Can somebody define that for me? What is that? Sure,
3: That's, it's, very, oh, it's, got this. it's very basic. Virtue signaling is when you publicly make a statement about something that is uh, what's widely accepted by the group you're interacting with, right? So that they'll like you. I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. Um, say you're hanging out with a bunch of uh, I don't want to use Desis? the, the No, because say you're hanging out with a bunch of college students, right? And you yourself don't care about fur or uh, animal abuse or whatever. Or maybe you do a little bit, but you know that these yeah. people are like, oh, my God, the poor animals. Mm. Right. Mm. So you'll be like, oh, I can't I can't stand when the people wear fur. Right. Yeah. You're signaling virtue so that the group will accept you. Guys do this a lot. Not not, it's not like what men. All these brands do, too. <clears throat> with their commercials Right, exactly Like the Gillette commercial The Gillette commercial Was virtual signaling At its best
0: Don't we call this We call this a riyat Right, basically Yeah, it's 100% riyat yeah.
3: And guys do this a lot Not men But guys do this a lot To impress women So um, you'll, you'll often see that A guy who Is actually really Like a lowlife Who's probably um, Hitting girls up in, in direct messages For like uh, Racy pictures Or whatever but well, in his public persona where he's being seen by everyone, including women, he'll be super supportive of women's rights. And oh, my God, harassment and Joe Biden is a terrible human being and that kind of stuff. Right. But while in reality, behind closed doors, he's actually a, a scumbag. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. <clears throat> I, I, it's not really going to go anywhere besides that. I was just very curious as we were talking about the previous discussion. Go
3: ahead,
0: Ms. If you have a diverse group of friends this thing becomes a big problem. Right, right. Because now you're caught in with all these fake identities. Which, in, and diff, and different standards too. Right. Which is why, again, Sharia will set you free from that. Right. right. This is why I
3: respect, I respect, there's, there's people with online personalities that they draw a lot of fire, but I actually respect them because they're saying out in public, online, what, I know a lot of people say in, in private, but would never actually go out and like type it out on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever. Right. So I actually respect the fact that they're very honest because
0: they're not they don't they don't have this this two sided approach. Two sided approach is going to lead you to dissonance, which makes you uh, live in anxiety, living a double life.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. one of the things that um, that W. B. Du Bois wrote like a long over 100 years ago about the, the black identity. Right. This you have this dual consciousness going on. And uh, Dr. Jackson, Dr. Sherman Jackson, talks about it in his book *The Black Americans*. He discusses how that's uh, that's a reality also for Muslims. You know, you have this double, this dual consciousness. Like you're one person sometimes, and you're another person at other times. Mm-hmm.
1: And thank you for defining that. I'm going to eventually lead to the discussion of what is virtue, and that's where I wanted to tie that back in. <clears throat> but before we get there, uh, to start the topic, I was uh recently saw the new Avengers movie trailer, right, for the new Avengers movie. And one thing that was really interesting while I was watching and or watching any other trailers recently for any other movie is how trailers have changed over time. It's really interesting, right? Now it's almost as if you can tell the whole movie from watching the
3: trailer. Not one of those Marvel movies. They're like <clears throat> four hours, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it it was just interesting because I don't know why, but it, it triggered the thought uh, about the idea of happiness, right, for me. Is is happiness just a hit of dopamine, right, which, you know, trailers try to achieve and movies try to achieve, or is happiness something deeper than that, right? It's not just a hit of dopamine, right, because you can have, you know, this hit of pleasure, right, watching something, you know, reading something, you know, scrolling through YouTube or you know, other actual dopamine hits, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or is happiness something much deeper than that, right? It's it's outside of uh, outside of you know, physical pleasure.
3: You know, when you said earlier that the, the episode was going to be about happiness, right? I said to you, was this going to be the shortest episode ever? Because, mm-hmm. the, you know, in reality, the the entire answer is that's fake happiness. And real happiness is when you stop seeking pleasure, your own pleasure, and you seek a lost pleasure. mm And that's that's true happiness. And it's true happiness because it'll it'll guide you towards getting salvation, which is eternal bliss, true happiness in in the afterlife. But also it'll make you happier in this life. That's the entire thesis. Everything else is just commentary, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how do you achieve that? What are the what are the goals? What are the methods that you can do to get that? But that's the absolute the only pleasure you'll find in this life is seeking the pleasure Mm -hmm. of Allah. Everything else is just a a quick dopamine hit.
0: I'll give it a breakdown where uh, happiness, we would call that bust, in the uh, in Arabic, and 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 joy, we we'll call it sa'adah. Now the difference is sa'adah is something that you could have as a steady state, mm. which we call like you can call it serenity or sakina, right? Where you're you feel complete and whole, right, and healthy, like inner emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, that you can keep as a dominant state. That could be your state and it can increase forever until you die. That was the state of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The state of the Anbiya, which is why uh, Islam is also known, at, called tariq al the path to that completeness, right, of uh, balance between your mind, body, and soul. Now, happiness that gets confused with that is what we call bust. Now, by the nature of it, bust is expansion. And by the nature of the word, it must contract right? Which is qabd, right? So if you're smart, you want to make sure that your bust is not too great, because you're going to attract a qabd of equal greatness, right? So if you're really high, you're going to have to attract a low low. And anything that is a dopamine shot, right? Uh, If your dopamine shots go up, and you're (coughs) you're constantly used to that, you're going to attract to yourself (coughs) low lows, Right, so the intelligent person in happiness <coughs> is that he should look for a steady stream of small but regular states of busts. If we're going to talk about qabd and bust, you want light states of busts, right? But on a regular, on the regular, and if you ever get a qabd, you want that in the opposite. You want it all in one. Right. And what the Quran say about Surah Al Ahad, uh, Ghazwat he says غَمَّاً بِغَمٍّ. Uh, so he said that when the hardship came on the Muslims, right, it came both at the same time. Right. So the they lost the war, spoils of war at Ahud, Battle of Uhud. They lost pe- men at Battle of Uhud. They lost the chance to rout the Quraysh. So all of their uh, sadness and grief, Allah compacted it at one time. But why did Allah say he rewarded them with gloom upon gloom? Right? It's because one gloom makes you forget the other gloom. Yes, and that's wh- that's why... It's like standing on one nail is going to hurt. But if you're standing on five nails, it almost like balances out. One, one
3: of the <clears> things <throat> that the ulama say about this, the, the, when you're in a state of abd also is that this is actually a period where you should be rejoicing mm-hmm. because it's more difficult to go astray during that time. That's so true. Because you're being tested. Mm-hmm. And so that, that difficulty in that test, it makes, it makes it really difficult for you to stray. Because all you're doing is making da'at mm-hmm. and, and making tawbah and realizing who your Lord is and what this life really That's carries. That's a great point. And also that um, also during the during a, a period of difficulty like that, um, it's also a time where it makes you more aware that only Allah controls any of this, mm-hmm. right? And so if you can if you can <clears throat> carry that into the the state the periods of bust, mm-hmm. the good periods that only Allah grants this, you won't get self-satisfied and you won't start chasing that as if like, I can achieve this totally right, happiness, right? Chasing the dopamine
0: here. Right. And and that's an amazing point that uh, another item al- al- said, when, I, when my du'a is answered, I'm happy. When my du'a is not answered, I'm happier. He says, because if, if it's something good, I'm chasing it, right? So I'm the active player here. If it's something bad, I'm not the one who brought it. So it must be that Allah brought it. So that's Allah's decision. And the success is my decision, but the failure is from Allah. And what is from Allah is superior than what's from myself. Right.
3: One of the other things that the say <clears throat> is that this is why the elite of the righteous and the prophets above them are tested more mm. because they're able. It's, it's the reason that they're able to handle the, the more difficult tests is that they realize that Everything is with Allah And this is just the command of Allah mm-hmm. And so The, the most the, the, the thing that stresses you out The most in bad times If you don't have this kind of awareness Right Is Why are these things happening mm-hmm. Why is this happening oh, How can I fix this Like that stress of, tr- of trying to figure out The source And the solution the, the NBA And the Awliya Are protected from that Because they realize This is all from Allah uh,
0: Before we get back to you Wayne, One point that Alex just made Is that uh, Trials and tribulation Or that Qabds that uh, uh, contraction, is one of the ways in which Allah Ta'ala manifests his name of Al-Qahir and al Qadir. These are two massive attributes. The one who is capable and able and the one who is, has power over all things. And strength of a mu'min is not in his physical strength. It's in his belief in those two attributes. That's why the more a mu'min gets tried, the more he will result in strength. Because the strength of a Mu'min is not willpower. Like willpower is one thing, it is something. But strength of a Mu'min is not his anger. Strength of a mu'min is not his intelligence. It's not his muscles. It's not a, the strength of a Mu'min. All those are different types of strength. But the strength of a Mu'min is his belief in Allah's ability. Right. That's where the difference is between a strong Mu'min and a weak Mu'min. Is that one, he totally believes Allah can do like Prophet Dawud. Salam, when he went and he saw Jalut, Goliath. And he saw all the Bani Israel scared. He got confused. He's like, wait a second. Don't you believe that Allah's Qadr on all things? I thought that was the equation. Because he was like a 14 year old boy and totally uncorrupted, right? By life. So he's like, wait a second. All the time the prophets have been telling us Allah's capable of all things. And here, the prophet, which some people say his name is Shamweed, right? Told them, you will have victory over Goliath. So he's, he's an innocent boy. He's a Nabi, right? But he was a youth. And uncorrupted by life, and he's like, "Wait a second! You all said this is the equation, so let's go do it, right? So, With what? With whatever Allah gave us, right? And that Allah gave him the slingshot, so he flung it at uh, Jalut, just believing in, purely in that equation. And the uh, uh, idea that he hit Jalut is not that uh, that's that's doable, right? right? But the idea that Jalut died from that, right? That's where it's from Allah. When that's where, رميت رميت, رما, You didn't throw when you threw, right? But it is Allah who threw. That ayah came down for the Battle of Badr. But the likeness of that statement is for Prophet David as well. SubhanAllah. Yeah. So. So,
1: <laughs> my next question is, you know, yeah. in terms of the <clears throat> idea of happiness,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Is happiness just an emotion? You know, the... One thing that I, I actually had a conversation with uh, Nazmo before getting here, so just uh, after work, and one thing we were talking about this topic, and, and the I- an idea that he brought up was very interesting. It's, you know, Imam Ghazali said the same thing. Is you know, and and I think from previous philosophers like Aristotle also said the same thing that the emo- that the idea of happiness is happiness isn't just a, an emotion, right? Happiness is actually a state of being, mm-hmm. right? Throughout the you know, if you take all of the things that happen in your life, right, you can achieve happiness, right? Because thing people talk about achieving happiness, mm-hmm. and people chase after happiness, but it's not a a thing to be to be achieved, right? It's really more something that's a state of being after you have compiled all of those things in your life. So, for example, a person uh, might try to be honorable. They might try to be, you know, honest. They might try to be <clears throat> courageous. Et cetera, et cetera, all of the different virtues in their life, and then at the end of their life, you know, they're still chasing after this idea of happiness. But once they have died, mm-hmm. the other people who see this person who has passed away would say that he's lived a virtuous life or he mm-hmm. has lived a happy life, and that's where my next question is: you know, what is happiness? Is it a state of being an emotion? And that's that's a conversation we were having. So okay.
3: I th- I think it's a had it's a state right and one of the ways that you can tell that this is a state and it's not something that occurs to the person but rather it's something that the person is is that again you look at the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was to walk to the wedge, right like he was always smiling he was a person that was happy but he also never was he was very rarely a person that was gregarious and laughing right in fact he said don't laugh much mm-hmm. you should laugh little and remember death right so how do you how do you put those things together why was he always happy but he was never at, you know, indulgent, indulgent. Yeah. So the people who are looking for uh, an emotional uh, happiness, that's what they're chasing. They're chasing a moment of elation. Mm-hmm. Whereas true happiness is, a, is an actual true state of being something that's internal, that doesn't change with the externals.
0: I'm going to go back to this breakdown and look at happiness as, again, two parts. One part of it is Physical. Like the happiness that that occurs at moments so when, when certain things occur. And what you mentioned about that dopamine rush, that that type of physical happiness, right? And that has its own breakdown uh, and its path to it. And then the other one is that spiritual happiness, which what is what Alex is alluding to, which we would call in Arabic like sakina, saada, and like serenity, right? Now, for the that physical happiness, the path to it is practice of sharia, believe it or not. Okay. And the reason is is that the Sharia will provide you with a setup in which you have a balance of qabd and bust. That Sharia will require you to do certain things that will in turn make normal things feel good, right? For example, like what is one of the greatest happinesses of a Muslim's life and the Prophet said always said the greatest happiness of a Muslim's life when he breaks his fast. Breaks fast right? Right? So, well well, what did you have to do to get to that moment? And we all know it, right? It's one of the greatest things, Be right? You're hungry and thirsty all day. Yeah. So you need a negative before that. Okay. Now another one, I mean, the the best sleep that you have is after a long night of ibad of Ramadan and then an suhoor and then you prayed fajr, you did your adhkar, and then you have your best sleep, right? But if you had no requirements upon you and you're just free to do what you want, you you won't value that sleep. Right. So this is one way. The second thing is that the laws of the Sharia. Yeah. Just
1: on that first point, uh, I, I think it's interesting because a lot of times happiness is achieved after you have done some form of suffering, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. Something so, that's unpleasant. Right. So even yeah. things like going to the gym, you're not happy throughout the process of the weightlifting, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but you're happy after it's achieved Right. Um,
2: But isn't that the case with like a lot of states of of being right? Like if you look at happiness, do you know what happiness is without the reference point of like sadness? Yeah. Or like, for example, even when it comes to like other things like temperature, like, do you know what cold is other than in reference to what's hot? Right. Mm -hmm. Like the polar opposite. So I think what you guys are talking about is like you kind of have to have that opposite in order to know what the other thing is in the first place.
0: That's totally true. Everything attracts its opposite. So the intelligent person knows the importance of a disciplined and almost sometimes Spartan life, at least at certain points and, and, and times, right? And, and degrees in order to sharpen the knife of, ha- of pleasure as well for r- things that you can have on a daily basis. So one of the things I always thought of just as common sense, how does it make <sighs> sense to go on a vacation to a very beautiful place, right? For one week a year, then come back, right? For 51 weeks a year, just, you know, in comparison, your home is miserable in comparison to that luxury vacation. I always thought to myself, you know what the actual smart thing is? The smart thing is to go out camping, right? And rough it. You have too many white friends <laughs> 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 or go out to uh, go out to Mauritania Ruff or hanging something out with my brother-in-law rough it but then what you do is that the standard of what is comfortable has now been lowered now i'm going to go for 51 weeks a year and my house is far more comfortable than that one week a year so mathematically speaking i've improved my status Psychologically, yeah. That's why I go to India. <laughs> that's now, uh, that's, yeah. that's, 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 true, that's true subject right yeah. there. <laughs> now, one thing... The uh, flight alone. <laughs> there is... Uh, before I get to the, the main formula, which I'm going to bring up, they, there's different types of happiness. Okay. There's the happiness of the intellect, the happiness of what uh, Imam al-Ghazali tells us is like the kebid, the liver, the happiness of the passion, the happiness of the eye and the happiness of the heart. Okay? And what are these? Okay, The happiness of the intellect, and this is also Sharia provides for you. I'm going to show you why Sharia provides it for you. Happiness of the intellect is when you think about something, right? And you come to understand uh, the perfection and the balance in that thing. And for us, it's in ilm al-kalam, it's in our usul. Like when we think about, well, what is the reason that God exists? Oh, because of this, this, and this, right? It gives you a type of sa'ada in your intellect, Right, that is shared only by people who are people of like of aql, people who like to think. Like mathematicians when they look at the beauty of a formula. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand it, but we can clearly see that they're happy. Saad
3: understands it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: they, they reference to someone who, who uh, Imam al-Ghazali says, your love of your imam, of your madhhab, is of this, uh, this, uh, this type of intellect. Because you look at his usul and you're like, wow, this makes total sense. Okay. So that's what that's that first love and happiness. The second happiness is the happiness of the shahwa which is of your lo- uh, your passions and that's the love you have for your wife. Okay, the happiness with the spouse is a different happiness than while re- reading about your 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 sheikh or your field or your discipline, right? Then he says then there's the happiness of the kebid, which is the liver which is the happiness the tenderness you have for the chil- children or relatives or The tenderness that there's no there's no sexual attraction. Right. But there's that type of unique love for the next generation or for the youth. The next one, he says, is the happiness of the eye, which is that your eye sees beautiful things, right, Mm -hmm. like you you, is love for beauty, something just for the sake of its beauty, like why do you like flowers? If anyone likes flowers, why would you like like birds of paradise, which is an amazing flower, right? It looks like a bird. Be, why would you like birds to begin with? Why would you like to go to, you know, see these things just for the sake of the beauty of it? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's no function. So the aql one uh, is like the function, uh, or the the abstract. The kebit is the children. The shahwa the passion, is the wife or spouse. The ayn is of beauty, and then the love of the qalb, which is the remembering, the source of all this. And that's why. Right When you think about, when the sharia tells, tells us, when you study kalam, you realize everything makes sense. When you're living upright, and you're lowering your gaze, and you're having a, fa- a family, and you have better al good relations with your parents, right? you have all those loves. Sharia protected you from yourself, from destroying all these things. And then when you realize, well, who's this from? If it wasn't for Rasulullah Wasallam to pass down this message, it wasn't from Allah, so then you love them with your soul, with your heart. Because they're the 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 cause of bringing you all of this, or the creator, for in the sense of Allah. Yeah.
1: So where does the love of maybe it falls in the love of the eye, but where do things like love of food, you know, love that
0: would be like love of the 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 the, the happiness of the shahwa, passion, passions. Yeah. the the food and uh, spouses would be of the passion. And by the way, um, the ulama say that the love of the spouse is not of the dunya. Uh-huh. is not of the dunya the love of the food of a righteous person who invites you is not of the dunya the love of beauty also as as far as it's halal is not of the dunya for example you have let's say um, i don't know a, a home right you make it beautiful this is not of the dunya yeah. because there's benefit in that if your kids are happy your if your wife is happy in her house she won't be going outside the house right she'll Plus, love you allah Allahum- jameen Allahum- 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 yeah, yeah.
3: What I was going to say is I, there was a, an excellent point that you made at the end there that the Sharia is it protects us from ruining all of these things. Yeah. Because any of that outside of the Sharia, it's it goes from something that's rewarded to something that's vile. It lowers you mm-hmm. and it's punishable. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and anyone. So anyone who's uh, Nazmal, when he came on, he quoted uh, Saeed Nursi and Saeed Nursi said every sinner in his sin, he's looking for something a a void to fill, he's just filling it in the wrong way. So someone who loves, who does zina all the time, zina, 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 right? He's someone who's, Allah created him in such a way that he loves beauty, right? He, that's, women is his thing. He loves, why? Because Allah made him love beauty. However, he's not loving beauty in the right way, right? So he's loving it in the wrong way and it's destroying him. Honestly, Sharia, if you think about it, what it does for our lives when you practice it as much as you can, you learn about it and you practice it, um, it, it stimulates all these things. But if you notice, it'll give you a little bump of happiness up like on a regular basis. It's not, nothing's too high, right? But you never have a slump, right? So just reading about uh, our deen and, read, and just Quran, Shriah tells us to read. Quran tells us to read any discipline, right? Knowledge itself is a stimulation, whether it be medicine, computers, whatever it is.
3: But if you go outside of the bounds of the Sharia and you start studying things that are harmful to you, yeah. it's going to destroy you. It destroys you on the inside. The same thing with women, the same yeah. thing with food, the same thing with any of the things that we love. Like even the, the idea of the, the, the love, of the happiness of the eye, right? Mm. There's so much you could look at that's halal. Yeah, Just stay away from the haram, even yeah. though the haram is everything that's promoted.
0: Yeah, There's one guy, just as a joke, he used to love eating. And this guy was like 300 pounds. Mm. His wife came to him one day says, dude, why do you love eating so much, right? He's like, she's like, yeah, is there anything else? He's like, he looks at her, he's like, there are many things that I love. This is the only one that's halal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: lay lay Allah.
0: She's like, I'll bring you a second plate. <laughs> bring you four plates. <laughs>
1: um. So there is a... In ayah from Surah Al-Insan Inna kana wa kana Sa'yukum mm-hmm. That it's it, um, it will be said, you know, on before these are lines where Allah subhanahu says, you know, all of the things that you'll the inhabitants of paradise will receive. And, mm-hmm. and this line, uh, in sa'yukum mashkoora. and it will be said, indeed this is for you a reward and your effort has been ap- appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right? The word mashkura. Um that you'll have appreciation in jannah in jannah, right and i think this idea of appreciation it's uh it's what many people it's what we seek as human beings right the tr- true appreciation is from allah subhanahu wa taala right to be recognized for the the the, the righteous actions that you have done and it's really interesting uh, that i was when i was reading it is the, the word mashkura the the root of it is shukar, right mm. that happiness even in this world, is gained through shukr, mm. right? When you're thankful and you have gratitude towards, you know, Allah subhanahu wa taala, and even people itself, people themselves, you know, that's where you actually attain this appreciation yourself. So it's, it's really interesting. Uh, so that was my next question, which is, you know, is happiness, or rather, not happiness, pleasure, those ups and downs, as you were talking about, are those necessary in life, and why are we looking for them?
0: Well, they're totally necessary. The ups and downs in life are totally necessary. But as we said, that the uh, the ideal is that all the downs are compacted into one time, right? One nasty storm, and you get it out of the way for the next decade, right, or whatever. Uh, those are necessary because in those, Allah Taala reminds us that all of what we're doing, like our sa'i, our own action, we have to remember. And never actually believe, as Allah continues to give us success, that it's coming from us. Right? That's the first thing. And when we believe that, some people have this attitude like, oh, this is like almost like sounds like almost stuff for Allah but like obnoxious. Like, I just want to remind you, it's not from you. This is not the, this is not the real. So cool, that's the, what, what Allah is doing by showing you this, He's actually making your life easier by showing you, you did not need to do all this. You simply had to do what you could and ask me for the rest, right? right? So, literally, I'm not even kidding that uh, marketing, for example, salespeople have to go around and run around, right? You can't forget there is Allah Ta'ala who can whisper into the... who can command Mala'ika to whisper into the hearts of the people to come to you, right? To, to, to love your products, to love what you're doing. So, what? So if, if your efforts will lead you to be imbalanced or... Uh, to go into prohibitions, the remembrance that Allah is in complete control of this whole thing will keep you in balance and will actually relax you. You know, Ibn Atah, he, he says that one hikmah, he says, Oh, human being, why are you exhausting yourself? Right? right? What he means is, he doesn't mean don't work. What he means is, you don't need to work beyond your bounds. You don't need to break the balance of nature. You don't need to break the balance of life. You just need to do what you can do. Do your job right and then know that Allah is there to fulfill what you can't.
3: I think this is a tremendous point. Um, You know, I see that a lot of times when... um, My observation is that a lot of times people who who feel frustrated with the Sharia, frustrated with the deen, and sometimes even go outside the bounds of it, it's because they're seeking happiness of their own own, production, production, right? Mm -hmm like of their own, they're trying to create the, the happiness for themselves. So they're like, whatever it is, right, like, oh, um, I'm not going to marry a Muslim. I don't, why, why do I have to be limited to Muslims? Because I can't find a Muslim that, that, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to non-Muslims. Well, okay, the problem here is that you're not relying on Allah, mm-hmm. and you're relying on yourself. And you're trying to create happiness in your life rather than relying on Allah and expecting Allah to create the happiness for mm-hmm. you, or like taking a job that's haram or dressing in a way that's haram or whatever it is. Mm -hmm.
1: The point you made is really interesting because as we see all across the world, especially amongst Muslims, you see this shift towards this loose liberal uh, mentality of relying on material rather than relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And that's why you see even other countries, you know, predominantly muslim countries sliding towards this idea of you know wanting to be like the west wanting to be more material wanting to be you know you know a lot of foreign parents send their kids to be doctors and engineers rather than be you know uh you know ulama etc cetera, etc cetera, right that's where i think it comes from this idea of forgetting that your inherent value is based on the kalima it's not based on your wealth or your rank or your position mm. or your honor. That's why you see so many m- Muslim leaders and, uh, you know, board members, for example, pandering to politicians, pandering to, you know, uh,
3: positions of, of, of rank, et cetera, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had, this I had this discussion a long time ago, more like 15 years ago, ago or more. It's a great memory. Mm. With, uh, with this, this guy who was visiting from Saudi Arabia, and he was hanging out with some of our friends, and uh, we were just discussing the state of in the Muslim world, and I was like, well, yeah, just because everybody sends their kids to be engineers and doctors, he was an engineer, and he was, I was like, everybody sends their kids to be engineers and doctors, and nobody sends their smart kids to become Uleman, and he goes, yeah, well, how, who's gonna, how are they supposed to make a living if mm. you do that? And I was like, from Allah, mm. who's, who's, who's al Razak? Mm -hmm. And he was like He just sat there And he was like staring Like I don't know what, Like he didn't know What the response Mm. What to say about that But it's true Like you have to rely on Allah All of this is from (coughs) Not having Tawakul
0: There's another point That Just one more thing
3: Mm. To that point You know what's From not having Tawakul
0: Yeah The
3: The 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 Hasad That is the basis for uh, Communism Socialism Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff This is not having Tawakul Mm -hmm. This is saying I need the government To give me because I don't trust that Allah will. And mm-hmm. I don't like that Allah gave it to this other person instead of
0: me. Communism is such a it's a, the Marx's thought you can clearly see the massive gaps that he has, yeah. the envy that he has and the inability to trust in in anything beyond the human being's own thing.
3: We're going to get the government to steal from the people that Allah made wealthy yeah. and give it to us because we don't yeah. like the decree that he made us for Subhanallah.
0: Well, <laughs> I haven't gotten to my main equation yet, right? But I'm going to make a couple other points. If you notice, the, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we mentioned is that gratitude, it's rooted in what you said, the sukur, the, the main feature of love of Allah, the main uh, uh, color, you could say, uh, ingredient is gratitude. And it's gratitude when you realize I'm satisfied with my mind, I'm satisfied in my heart with my, with my family, I'm satisfied with my passions, like I eat well, I'm happy with my food, I'm happy with uh, my spouse, my uh, my eyes happy, right? What I'm looking at is nice. My life is ordered, right? Uh, my health is ordered because of basic prophetic advice, Quranic advice, like uh, how to sleep, how to eat, etc. And you turn back and you thank Allah Taala for that. And the love of Allah root is rooted in the contemplation of all those things, right? Uh, work is a, in this life is a source of happiness. Whereas in the afterlife, of course, it doesn't exist. But work is, uh, and, and a work is a command, right? So, all the and, and and a Muslim is cornered into working. Because let's say a Muslim man, right? Why? Because he can't relieve his his passions and desires unless he gets married. That's what drives him, right? His main driving force for a youth, is, to get married is that, right? But then, if he's going to do that, how is he going to show up to a father-in-law, right? Without any future. At least have an education that you could work with, right? If not a job. So, work is a dri- is, we're driven to work more so than anyone else, right? Uh, or, or, I should say, any religion in which you can't go around doing zina, right? It's a driver to get your act together and work, okay? So, you're happy in all these things. Your gratitude now turns this from your heart, is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the point I'm making here is that if you notice, you cannot achieve any of these things if you live a monastic life. And that's why in islam the monastic life may be only a exercise right and a a 40 day and by the way most people today don't do the 40 never even heard of it never did a 40 minute right (laughs) but (laughs) but the idea of living a purely pure life of dhikrullah right of ibadah and nusuk and all those things uh as a like a monastic way, that is not a way of life of a Muslim. And the Prophet wasallam had those sahaba who said, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to make tahajr all night. I'm never going to marry. And I'm never going to break my fast. The three youth who misunderstood the deen. And the Prophet wasallam, he said, this is not one of us. In other words, he's not. he wasn't telling them, you're not one of us. He was saying that what you're doing is a path that is not my path. Why The results I'm trying to get you to will not be attained through that path. So you have to actually live life to its fullest, in a sense, in order to admit, to bring out right all these loves, which compact compile together and bring out the gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And that's what motivates people of religion. Now, sometimes I think to myself, I wonder what people uh, outside of the building, sometimes when like we're in Salah, right? A regular dude, those people that see me in soccer practice, the people that see me at uh, the different stores that I go to, the regulars that I see, the neighbors, like they don't see us doing... I wonder what would they think? Like we're doing Ramadan, Tarawiyah, Tahajjud, memorizing Quran. What would they think of this, right? They're probably thinking what drives these people to do all this religious devotion? Well, what drives us is this is our equation and we're thanking right the one who gave us all these ni'am. Right? And by the way, last point before I go to Moin the absence of someone to thank and a way to thank them, right, is torment. Yes. And that's what I think yes. the atheists are living in.
1: And I think, doing? you know, I can't speak about the the vikad and the worship, but I mean, I can just quote from anecdotal experience that I think what other people find interesting about religious people, hmm. right, especially grounded, properly practicing religious people is the balance that they have in hmm. life, right? The, the the temperament with which they are able yeah. to hold themselves to conduct conversations and we've seen it amongst you know other folks that we know right who especially who are very uh, virtuous mm-hmm. as we could say and I think you were saying earlier right virtuous people mm-hmm. are actually very balanced people yeah uh, so take the example of something I was thinking about earlier take the example of someone who's courageous right mm-hmm. when you think of the idea of courage or you think of the virtue of courage, it's actually not someone who's, you know, the opposite of which is recklessness, right? So if you were to see, let's say uh, you have a, cur- you have a, someone who we consider a virtuous man, you see someone getting, you know, beat down in an alleyway, right? Courage doesn't, ne- you know, a courage necessarily might not necessarily say that, you know, that person goes and, you know, beats down the other guy. That's kind of reckless. What if that guy's, you know, has a gun or a knife mm-hmm. or something else? I think a virtu- the balance between, you know, someone who's courageous versus reckless and, and a virtuous person who's in the middle is a person that recognizes that, hey, you know, I'm courageous in a certain situation, which is I have the ability and I have the, you know, strength to go and help this person and take this, you know, other person down and, and 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 simmer down the situation and fix it, you know. A reckless person is someone who, who goes and knows he's going to get beat down and shot, and he's going to get killed, and the other guy's going to get killed, mm-hmm. right? That's where, and that's just one example of courage. I think you can draw that same, you know, analogy across all other virtues, right? A virtuous person is someone who's kind of grounded, right? Or, or she, he or she is grounded right in the middle of things,
0: right? That's totally true, and I was saying right before we started is that uh, these days, it just so happens that every time I turn and I'm dealing with someone, uh, who is you know balanced and virtuous. There's either one of a couple things uh, either they're from the East and they have some tradition out outside of like the Western tradition that they've they have or but when they're Americans they're always like church going right They're either either Catholics or maybe some other denominations but uh, this is what I've noticed I keep noticing it time and time again that the people who are attached to their churches and I'm saying this in the north, in New Jersey, right, where the churches might not be preaching some of the hateful messages that are coming out of, let's say, the South. So you might have them very virtuous people, but they're brainwashed on the issue of Islam, right? Well, here they don't do that because there's more concept of, like, diversity, etc., and be friendly and stuff. So that stuff exists in the churches here as well. Uh, So the combination is actually suitable because they're not fully full of hate towards Muslims. And at the same time, they have this grounded... You know personality very polite right uh they got their family uh you know uh uh, together right they don't consume drugs or alcohol and if they drink it's not like a lot right uh they don't definitely don't do that to push away their pains right they'll go back to the church for that so i keep finding that and i keep thinking to myself subhanallah the people that i just relate to the most uh there these days they're religious Christians, and I'm telling you, when it comes to akhlaq, even better akhlaq and balance of life than the loose or liberal or not practicing Muslim, right? Which is, I'm not saying they're superior with the side of Allah, because anyone who says, la ilaha illallah, Rasulullah has a rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I'm saying as a balanced and stabilized person that I could actually trust to sit down with, right, with children and not and feel that they're going to say something out of line or anything like that. It'll be them.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, talk about a long memory. I remember in my first couple of years as a Muslim. I was watching like a sitcom or something, and I had this 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 is, uh, you know, I I think it's it was inspired. I was watching it and I was like, how do people? And I, granted, I was a Muslim for two or three years at that point. I was like, how is it? I don't understand how people have like a full family life and go to work every day and every. With no, with no dean. Like yeah. What are the, what the, life is that? Why? <laughs> like too? I, I had no. I, it it just seemed impossible to me, mm-hmm. right? And uh, now, many years later, looking back at it, yeah, I, the point that you're making is absolutely correct, and it's one of the things that I lament the most about the current political uh, situation for Muslims is that Muslims actually tend to reject conservative religious people from other faiths and align themselves with the people of no faith or of a very loosey-goosey faith that doesn't have any actual Meaning. values or any, any actual rules. And it's it's terrible because, honestly, the most natural allies for us are people who actually believe in Allah, mm-hmm. even if it's in a, in a corrupted and a distorted way. What's
1: really interesting to me, and now to go back to that idea of virtual signaling that you mentioned in the beginning, is the people that complain So much about virtue signaling are people themselves who don't believe in virtues. (laughs) 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 They have no absolute. They don't have absolutes, and that's where I find it really interesting. Because to them, everything is virtue signaling. Right to those people. Right, Uh, but it's interesting that even the phrase virtue signaling exists, because that would mean that virtues have to exist. That's true. And then, in order to define virtues, like how do you define those virtues?
3: Right. Well, there's the people that use it colloquially, and then there's like the. The people that defined it academically or whatever and they they do admit that there's virtues and that people are signaling towards them but you're right the people that use it colloquially like on social media they're just being jerks about it uh sometimes
0: and i, I and i think like they also have to know what's in your heart how are you looking in my heart right but oh. for i think the academics they 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 determine virtues as an ever-evolving thing right? i mean
3: you know it's I just
2: societal way, norms then i don't know the answer
3: the answer is I recommend strongly that everybody should read the Euthyphro. It's a uh, it's a Socratic dialogue and but just don't agree with the conclusion because the conclusion is that there is no definition of the good. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's whatever Allah says, yeah. right? That's but, the Ashari position. But that's true,
1: <laughs> right? That's true. But I mean, if there was no, it's an excellent with, read, though. It, without Allah subhanahu wa taala, I mean, I agree with that. Actually, yeah. there is yeah.
3: no. Well, that was Socrates' yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, it's an excellent read. It's short. It's just like it's like a booklet size. What's it called? Youth yeah. Uthirfo. Check
0: it out. When I was uh, the other day, I was having a debate with two British uh, with uh, two British guys on Twitter. They were so upset that the Muslims are protesting against the LGBT uh, being taught in the school. So uh, one guy said to him, "Well, what is British virtue, right? Or not virtue? What British saying? values. British values. Yeah. What is British? What are British values?" He said, "It's the law, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay." <laughs> I said, "Okay. It's like we democratically elect people, right, who make laws, and that reflects what our values are." He, I said, "Okay. So, and then we follow them. That's what being British is, right? Because the majority decided that we're going to get in." Uh, in line with that, so I said, okay. So in twenty seventy, twenty eighty, when Britain is sixty three percent Muslim, and we elect a bunch of men in turbans and women in hijabs to make the, our laws for us, then I'll. I guess you are going to be making salah and eating halal, right? That's how. Yeah. That's how simple it is. Then, if that's the case, if if it's about, and I, I wanted to warn him, if it's about majority rules, be very careful. You have Indians in your nation they are greater in number they're producing greater number yeah they reproduce way more (laughs) the subcontinent people in your nation are producing way more than you right and one day you're going to find yourself that they're actually going to reach almost to 50 percent like in this lifetime if in this century they're going to pass 50 percent. that's why
2: people are scared of here in america (laughs) (laughs) being displaced
3: yeah by the way if that's the argument that majority rules and Mm -hmm. self-governance and Mm self-determination Then nobody should ever say a word about Brunei. True. It's their point. country. Good they can point. do whatever they want. They follow their true. own values.
0: They're gonna say it's not democratically just chosen. That the Sultan put ah, it so down. So
3: take a vote. I bet you it'll it'll yeah. resounding majority. <laughs> B, you know that they've had the death penalty in Brunei for since forever. They haven't executed someone in something like fifty six years, fifty four years. How is any American complaining about Brunei's uh, <laughs> death penalty laws? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding
0: me? We kill people all the time in this country. Texas has more than the rest of the nation. Yeah.
1: I think the problem that people have is, you know, that the law would exist in, in itself. Right. It's the principle of the law, which I mean, I think it's ridiculous. The what? spirit of the, the like law? They, they disagree <laughs> with the principle that this law could even exist. Like how barbaric is You're, it? What that, are they basing long on? In Saudi, Arabia and
3: They're one of our strongest allies. <laughs> <That's>
0: totally true. <laughs> That's totally true. But oil, it, oil. My, I just had an interview today uh, on this subject, not with some media, just with some uh, college kids. And my thing, my statement to them was, I don't. The liberals are upset about the principle of the law, right? I'm not per se. I'm not. I don't. I'm not upset about the principle of hudud. If Allah brought down hudud, we believe in hudud. Period. Right. Yeah. My point, my perspective on it, is my take on it is that. Hudud is not the symbol of Islamic law. This Mm -hmm. is a big problem that people have. That is a symbol of Islam. And it is not the end goal of Islam. That means if we have Hudud, we got Islam, right? So (laughs) (laughs) the Hudud punishments all exist when you have actually achieved perfection of society, safety, iman, all these things. Now you need to protect it. I might be there. It's a
3: small country. They have a lot of resources. I don't know the
0: state of their people.
3: Allah Allah, right? right, but they might they might have all the other things. Okay, in, in Ma- play-
0: maybe was he doing this stuff before? Like I would have said, if I'm if I'm ruling, right, the first thing I'm going to do is let's look at uh, uh, a education. Let's look at taliif al qulub, right? Like zakah, you can give zakah to mu'allaf qulub, new Muslims, right? Let's look at ways that you can turn the hearts of people. See, Muslims are Muslims are not ideologues. What's the difference? The ideologue, he can either convince you rationally, right? And if he can't, he has to use the state's brute force against on top of you, right? All secular values, if they cannot convince you, they have to use the state to force it upon you. We do not do that. We know that between the two fingers of Ar-Rahman are the hearts of all people. Right. So we are going for the heart. We will try to convince you, right? And if there's something to squeeze a little bit, but that's to the end, physically, like jam you, like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I conquered you, khalas now, I'm jamming you. Right. right? But he did it so gently, the conquest of Mecca. It was such a, like, he's like, I have to jam you because you're being a bit stubborn. But as soon as they submitted, he gave all the bounties of war from uh, Ta'if, he gave it all to the Quraysh, right? To soften their hearts to the point that the Medinans, uh, Ansar, were looking and saying, hold on a second, we did this, this, this. Those people are already rich. <laughs> right? Right? Imagine we're here and we conquer, um, finally conquer New York, right? This might get us in trouble. We finally take the Gaza of New York, the Gaza of Manhattan. Yeah. We, we got Manhattan now. It's ours. And then now we go conquer China, right? And then we start giving all the New Yorkers and the Washingtonites, right? And the Americans, we give them all the uh, the stocks, right? And all the money to calm them down, to soften their hearts a little bit anyone poor would be like wait a second all, all our Muslim neighbors would be like wait a second hold on what about us we're starving here but the prophet is going for the hearts right, right. and this idea that you can jam Islam and jam it right it's, that's it's not the right way to do things
3: Well, the other thing that I, and, I, and I don't know all the details of it but in terms of Brunei's not saying that they're applying the Hudud to anyone mm. they've not done it yet and they're not saying that they're going to in any unjust way right what they're saying is this is the law the, the the ruling exists yeah if you go if you're so profligate so profligate with it that you meet the, the requirements <laughs> of witnesses of you committing this act then we have to do this because this is a law's command right so don't do it it's yeah. this is deterrence more than anything it's yeah. even if you are even if this is your, your sickness and your difficulty in life that you can't overcome Make sure that you're so hidden away that it doesn't affect the rest of society. And, listen, this is an abs- an actual fact, right? And any historian can verify this. Everywhere where male homosexuality has been allowed to, uh, you know... Uh, proliferate. Proliferate in, in, a, in, a, in an unchecked manner, it is immediately, immediately followed by uh, pederasty and pedophilia. It's like, there's always... Who? Ped- pederasty and pedophilia So like older First guys form. And younger boys Like in Greece In Rome in, in I mean this is why The Taliban were Were welcomed with open arms In Kandahar Because that practice Was happening there Look at the Catholic Church Every time that you have Unchecked male homosexuality It becomes predatory Upon young mm. Abba, boys And teenage boys
0: Of a bestiality Allah, Allah. No, no, sir.
3: But those things Those two things And it's a <clears> harm <throat> to society It's an absolute harm To society right And this is By the way The Sharia punishes what? Ho- female homosexuality lesbianism it's punished it's tazir right it's the judges yeah but male sodomy because of the absolute harm that it brings to society and why because allah knows best
0: and also the stds are coming from the male organ never right? from never from, yeah.
3: yeah like le- lesbian std levels are the lowest in the world right. especially hiv yeah
0: and the funny thing is that we were away and temmy usually reads me the news and uh she received me and it was just like she's like oh by the way there's an interesting story here and sultan of brunei uh he says he's now fed up with with the uh corruption of morals So he's establishing hadood. Right? <laughs> I was like, this guy, uh, and we I know his relationship with religion is like, he, love, he loves Dean, but he also loves Dunya, right? Sure. And he loves uh, extreme, e- extremes in Dunya. That's what right? happens when you're a trillionaire. Yeah, when you're a trillionaire. <laughs> so uh, I was just laughing like he woke up and he just said, you know, I'm fed up. A dude, right? <laughs> so fed up. I mean, he's
3: probably at that age where you start going to the masjid more. Yes. <laughs> he's
0: Some like, "Listen, I go, call I'm, call pra-
3: I'm going to the masjid all the time now. I'm reading Quran. I'm about to kill all these yeah. like uh, uh, all these people with the." Fisi- <laughs> uh, funny. Um,
0: Someone is that in that situation when you're fed up and you can just write a law, right? Or establish a he's law. He's the boss. Well, and we went off topic, but yeah, yeah and but I have it's, my... re-
3: it's related to it, though, right? So all of this is all of this is like. People chase happiness in the wrong ways, mm-hmm. and there's consequences. Yeah, eh.
1: and so the 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 one thing that I'd like to bring up, since you did bring up the 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 lavish nature by which the sultan did live, living lavishly, and I don't doesn't even have to be lavishly, but acquiring dunya, right, isn't a bad thing, right? I mean, let's say, uh, for example. Y- you mention, you know, like let's say that you like a certain brand of computer and you go out and buy that computer <clears throat> and you do receive some version of happiness when you purchase it. Right. And you bring it home and, and you're and you're happy that you have it. That's not haram, as you mentioned. right? Not, not only is it not haram and that's 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 halal, it's allowed. Right. Uh, when I go and I purchase, you know, a, a five dollar like coffee in Philadelphia, that's unnecessary, but that's allowed for me. It's not something that's, that I've done that's wrong or, or, or haram, and that's where I, I'd like to bring that balance in and talk mm. about that, right, which that's is there is allowed happiness. I mean, I don't know what, if you call that happiness or what you call it, but there are certain things that are allowed.
0: Uh, that's a great point, and I think that we should we should all look at we, – we always talk about, and I hear in the dialogue a lot, discourse a lot about – It's not haram to have a lot of wealth, but don't have too much that is excessive, that it distracts you from ibadah. Both of these are only looking at the surface of material. The correct way to look at it is, uh, you should ask for the barakah. And that barakah, it may come with a lot of material, and it may come with less material, but what you need is neither that, this material, uh, a lot of this or a little of that, what you need is the Baraka. And there are two extremes, which is the monasticism of the Church Fathers and the Protestant ethic of the Protestants, right? The Protestant ethic, this idea of go out there, work all day, and if God loves you, He's going to give Especially you the money. Especially the Calvinists. Yeah. So this is called uh, prosperity theology, prosperity doctrine, or whatever it's called, right? So that that's what the, the, the that's how they look at things but we look at it uh, the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said يغنيك, a little bit that makes you happy that makes you satisfied really is the right word satisfied is better than min which is that it's better than a lot that distracts you like do you ever see someone who is so wealthy but she's like man your life stinks Like, you are so worried about this accountant, that property, this business, this trade. You're always on your phone. You can't take care of your weight, right? I mean, you never see your kids. You never see your wife. You seem stressed out. You're working 18 hours a day. How is this wealth benefiting you? It's exactly what the Prophet said. It is wealth that distracts him. He's in a thousand different spots at one time. This is a sign that Allah was not obeyed, nor was his barakah sought in the acquisition of that wealth. Because when you uh, direct direct yourself properly that, oh Allah, I'm going to work. What I really want is the barakah. Whatever you bless, that's what I want. Right? It's it's your blessing. Whether you put your blessing in uh, a $60,000 salary or you put your blessing in a $60 million salary, right? Or or, or net worth. Whatever Allah blesses, it's going to be good. And there was uh, Sheikh his name. I can't remember his name. He's Jordanian. He went to Egypt. Someone said to him, there are three awliya you should visit. Living awliya. He went to one. He was an imam in a mosque. He went to another man. He was an old man, faqir. He, every day he would just go and, and do ibadah in the masajid. He's like... the Third one was a alim. He went to his house. Sorry, he was a tajir, a businessman. He went to his house. A businessman, but he had ilm. And he was dedicated to Allah. Inwardly turned to Allah. He said uh <clears throat> he went into the house he had the men ordering out and you know in Egypt if you order out like that's expensive like really expensive he ordered out the one meal he ordered a second meal he had another people in a senator came right he keeps ordering food servants 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 right lavish he's like this guy must have the wrong guy right so he left right and then when he got there he got to the airport he his his luggage was beyond fifty whatever. What is it, kilos or something? Yeah, whatever. Fifty yeah. pounds. Fifty pounds. It was beyond the fifty pounds. So he's like, oh shoot, I think I might have to actually pay. I might have to pay extra. They might not take it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have all these books, etc. So he said, "Oh uh, Allah, if 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 this shit shay- that sheikh was truly a wali, give me a sign by letting them take this luggage. Let the airline take this luggage." So he went up, and the lady looked at it, and she just threw it, right? She put it, he, she passed it, in other words, right? He was like, subhanallah, All right? Then uh, she called him back up. She said, sir, right? And he's like, ah, see, right? <laughs> <laughs> right." It was it's too heavy, right? So they're calling me back, so man's not a witty. So she said, sir, um, the plane is actually uh, full and coach, so we're we'll have to move you up to uh, first class. SubhanAllah. <laughs> 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 right? SubhanAllah. So, not only would I have this, uh, but so well, the point is, it's not about what you accrue, it's about the barakah. By the way, it, whatever you want, Allah will give it to you. Just I always look at the oil barons, hmm. they got what they wanted. They're all miserable. Yeah. Right? It's not It's about not about getting what you want, it's about the barakah in that wealth.
3: Oh, there's a amazing twist that last twist with yeah. the first class. Yeah. This is a proof against anyone who thinks that uh, luxury and wealth is a sign of of, of you know greed or mm-hmm. something haram right because anyone who's ever flown on a plane if you if they called you and they were like oh we have to bump you to first class mm-hmm. you would never be like I would be stuck <laughs> for the <Allah adeem." laughs> you'd go alhamdulillah <laughs> exactly. you'd, be, you'd have shukr yeah. and you show gratefulness to Allah for this ni'amah. so what's wrong with someone having yeah. more of that <coughs> just stop being jelly
0: how <laughs> about <laughs> prophet Ayub alayhi salam, whom Allah ta'ala in his time of wealth gave him the most handsome face because he's a great great grandson of prophet yusuf so he's the most handsome man of his time he gave him those beautiful wife of his time gave him uh wealth Mm -hmm. gave him respect gave him uh many boys and back in those days boys is protection boys is more wealth right boys is more lineage uh so all that then uh, uh allah sent him a golden locust right a golden locust was started jumping towards him and then another one, and another one, and another one. And then he looked at it like a gold-covered locust, right? It's like obviously something from Allah. He took it. He put it in his garment. He folded up his garment. He took it. And the second one came, and he took it. And the third one came, and he kept like chasing after them, right? To get them. So Allah said, uh, said to him, Oh, my prophet, Oh, uh, Ayyub, uh, is, haven't I given you enough? He said, You've given me more than enough, but when your wealth comes, we can't not take it. <laughs> right. It's a gift from Allah. Uh,
3: that. Right. So one of it's to to speak to that end and to, to about gratefulness and about having the right perspective with these things. You know, one of my favorite stories is about Abdurrahman ibn Awf who's tremendously wealthy. Mm. Um and who lo who gave up everything, went to Medina and then became wealthy again mm. with Allah's permission, right? When he when he was older, you know, he's wealthless from trade. So sometimes he would go and have a caravan and make some money and He'd have a lot and then other times he would have less. But, you know, the money kept coming in. Um, he had uh, siblings that would only come to see him when he had made like a big sale and he had like mm. a lot of money and a lot to give. Right. And when he didn't, when times were a little bit tighter, they you, wouldn't, you couldn't find them anywhere. Yeah. And his wife said to him, you know, these brothers of yours, they only show up when you have when you have something to give them. And when you don't have anything, they're nowhere to be found. Mm. Why do you why do you like treat them so well? Why are you so generous with them? And he said, "No, no, no! This is my fault." He goes, "I when I when I don't have anything, they they're sparing me to not come around and embarrass me because mm-hmm. they know I don't have anything to offer them." Subhanallah. And when I have something, they come so that I can be charitable and be generous and, and, get, I, and get reward for that. Subhanallah. And his perspective was, these guys are benefiting me both times. Not they're just they're not. He even had a like like a such a kind and like generous heart with other people's intentions.
0: Uh, we have a, a man in Juma. Uh, he's a businessman You know these businessmen They have no salary right? It's just whatever the Trades they're making right. Their f- money's fluctuating All the time He can have very little In his bank account and he can have a ton So I always tell him I know exactly What your financial status is <laughs> By where you take us at For lunch after Juma <laughs> 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 uh, I never got to my equation the, the whole crux Of the whole thing That I prepared Was this equation Of, of happiness Right Basic equation Of happiness is reality minus expectation equals happiness or misery if your reality is a greater level than your expectations okay you're going to be happy but if your reality is less than your expectations you're going to be miserable that means someone who thinks himself all right i'm going to do all this and do all this by the time i'm 40 i'm going to be like I'm going to have three million dollars. I'm going to be so happy. I'm not going to have any bills. I'm not going to have any problems, right? Then the reality reality is opposite of that. So his expectation was so high or that the moms who said, you know, you're going to be so successful in the world. You're so handsome. You're so this and that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You're so gifted. You're amazing. You're an amazing kid. And then he's like, gets a normal life, right? He's got normal life minus very high expectation equals a miserable kid. Mm. Right?
1: I love how he said that, like a suburban
2: mom. <laughs> now, You're amazing. Now, Ain't no Daisy mom saying that.
0: <laughs> now listen to this. The, if we examine the Quranic and the Ahadith and their exhortations to us, every time that we're exhorted towards an action, Right towards the dunya, it's always in the form of an action, right? But every time we're exhorted towards leaving off the dunya, it's in the form of an attitude, right? So the Prophet says, the Quran says, go and seek what Allah gave you, in other words, he's saying, take action, right? Uh, the Prophet has a hadith, and all the hadith, uh, the ayats of min fadlillah. go and seek it, right? Or the hadith of the Prophet Ihris go and and hold firmly tightly to what benefits you. We notice that all those are actions. So that feeds the reality, right? They're actions that feed the reality. At the very same time, we have so many verses and ahadith which feed and decrease and pull down expectation, right? And they're all attitudes. And those ahadith, such as, is had for dunya. Do not desire the dunya, and Allah will love you. Do not desire what people have, and the people will love you. Or, if this world was worth the wing of a gnat, Allah would not have given a kafir a sip of water, right? Right. So, what do we find here? We find that Allah and His Messenger are exhorting us to two different paths, to a path of work, physical work, that will improve your reality, while at the same time telling us, get your heart off of it, get your mind off of it, put your mind somewhere else, so that the expectation is very little, very low. Or he gives us prophets or examples of Sahaba and awliya who were extremely poor. So the expectation is, is low. But in reality, we're working, what we're doing is working towards a great reality. So you end up with a very high reality and a very low expectation. And you get, as a result of that, your happiness. So that's when we look at zuhud, we have to consider this equation. When we look at work ethic, right, right we pump it up in the first term in this equation.
3: And you know, I think just to talk, going on that equation, I think the the most guaranteed way of always achieving the positive result in that equation is for that expectation to be what Allah chooses.
0: That's what it is, right?
3: Yeah. That choo- uh, my expectation is whatever Allah chooses. Yeah, I'm putting my effort, like you said, and then it's what Allah chooses. Again, seeking so, going back to the beginning of this, seeking our own pleasure, guaranteed disaster. Because mm. you don't have you know you have no control over it, and your, your imagination, your expectations are going to be higher than what you're probably ever going mm-hmm. to be able to achieve. And sometimes even if you achieve it, it turns out it wasn't that great. It wasn't what you really were looking for. But if, if, you're, if you're seeking Allah's pleasure, then everything that comes will mm-hmm. be beneficial. And you'll, be, you'll have true happiness rather
0: than the ups and downs. I have a psychological take on, on this too. Is that actually um, the thought about something in this world... Is more pleasuresome than having it. All right. I think in most cases that's yeah. the case. I have, uh, I that,
1: have. Uh, that's so much a case. They say that I mean in when when we study, uh, w- w- I, I bring it, brought it up in my talk the idea of like Skinner back Skinner box mechanics right the idea of uh, so I forget the guy's full name but B.F. Skinner, Skinner. Yeah. Um, right when he created the Skinner box he put a rat in a box. Uh, Sometimes he also used a bird at one point in which you you press the button in order to get either food uh, or water or some some other uh, item, uh, usually of of, of food or drink. And there's additional parts of the experiments like pushing another button for negative uh, to stop things like uh, electricity or or pain or something like that. But what he noticed and what other researchers have noticed is the… The dopamine hit that came from hitting the button was was high, but the the dopamine hit that came from the anticipation of the reward that was going to come was even higher and mm-hmm. that's where you know uh, a lot of you know u x researchers have also know about this that the anticipation of a notification the reward is much greater than actually receiving the notification mm-hmm. so that's it goes back to the same thing you're saying right this is a a tactic that's used uh Often in, in user yeah. experience design.
0: And uh, I remember when I was young Hold on, Alex is showing us something. I'm, it's funny. a
3: it's a picture that I keep on my phone. For is that the the tricks for me? It's the Trix rabbit. Yeah. And he's gone he's finally got the cereal. Oh. Right. <laughs> and he's eating yeah. it. And then there's yeah. the, 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 the the dialogue bubble above his head says, I wasted my life. Yeah. He finally <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, it wasn't that great. Wiley
0: Wiley Coyote when he finally gets the uh the, 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 road the, the road runner, right? When I was young, this is what happened to me. When I was young, um, I wanted the Jordans like so badly. Jordans came out when I was around uh, fourth grade. Now, when you're in fourth grade, your foot is growing really fast. So every year, I'd go with like three different sizes of shoes, right? So my mom said to me, she's like, "I'm not paying." Uh, uh, for Jordans when your foot is growing this fast and she said be patient when your foot stops growing I'll get you Jordans so I had to go to Payless Shoes right to get my shoes and get some Jordans. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <Gortons. laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what they were selling those fake Jordans but finally the day that I got my Jordans right and literally you know like you're a kid right and, and I'll back in the day the NBA was like so awesome and you're watching these games all the time you're living NBA and uh I could not believe the day that we were going to get the Jordans, that we got the Jordans, that I put them on my feet, right? And to me, literally, this was the highest height of happiness possible, okay? And then something happened, like, weeks later, right? And I realized the shoe has a crease just like the other shoe, right? <laughs> the shoe has a dirt in it that you can't get out, Right. like the other shoe. And it's such a letdown, occurred right so there was such a letdown that you let them on fire <laughs> how did how that's did, when he became a scholar he was just like yeah, how yeah, did that, this he let height, life go you know i was like how would this that this height of happiness turned out to be like a normal a thing it's a normal yeah. shoe. like how could he like michael jordy thinking of him like some kind of like you know this how hap- could his shoe be
3: like this? this happens every time you get a new a new mm-hmm. car yeah I right? knew anything. I knew anything. Yeah. But with cars, it's like you—you you just got it, and you're like so happy. You, you drive it, and you're like. Yeah. And after like two or three, months, you won't even notice it. But you'll be like, it's just a—it's just a you car. You don't care about it
0: anymore. It's totally. T- it's so, uh, all of dunya is fanny. Yeah. And you talked about turning to scholarship. I'll tell you when that happened and what that happened was that uh in later years in high school and college, you're always looking for something to stimulate. You're always looking for something to do but you guys remember how Sunday nights is like the most miserable night of the week? Still right? Then, <laughs> but And I don't know if that's changed with mobile phones and constant stimulation, but there was actually times when the game will be over on a Sunday, playoff game or something like that, and you're wait, looking forward to it all weekend. And then Sunday, the game is over about 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and literally, for me at least, like literally darkness depression sets in right <laughs> like what do you do after the game is over right and all you have a few hours before you sleep and then you have mo- those two few hours from five to like nine p.m. is is a time to think to school now <laughs> yeah. yeah that's all you think about for four hours and i thought to myself you know what the reason i tortured myself was because i took myself up so high right to something that's going to let me go right the game is going to be over so it's going to let me go. So why am I investing my emotion into this? And that's when I actually started to look at the Quran. And I would feel happy reading the Quran. And I thought to myself, I could do this anytime. Right? Oh, this is something that's never going to let you down. Because you could do this anytime. So if I could psych myself to make myself happy with something that I could do every all the time myself. Right? Then uh, uh, it's smarter.
1: Yeah, And this goes into uh, the... This goes into the uh, verse that I was going to actually recite next is one of my favorite verses. Yeah. right that only by the uh, that those who believe in whose hearts are assured reassured by the remembrance of Allah mm. unquestionably by the remembrance of Allah hearts are yeah. assured, right that you know that inna right or uh, and which I'll ask you about next, right the The nafsul mutmainna, right? The the, this assurance, it only happens by the Mm. remembrance of Allah.
3: And Alex, you were gonna say something. I was Mm. just gonna add something to what Dr. Charlie was saying. That Ibli's is hip to that game, though, because now they have Sunday night football. (laughs) Well, that's what it is. That's at like eleven thirty.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is that back in the back in the day, and many listeners might not know this. Literally, if you read, if you wanted enjoyment of dunya, the product was not that great, right? The product was limited. If you wanted dunya you got dunya a couple hours on the weekend, right? You got to look forward to it Friday night, maybe some Friday night, look forward to it all of Saturday, right? And then Sunday, they put the show on, right? Whether it be a game or whatever. And then, you know, like all products, some products weren't that good. And the product of dunya, Shaitan's product at that time had a gap. Mm-hmm. That Sunday night gap was so miserable, right? That uh, you realize, I don't want this product anymore, right? So you leave it all Vikr that's something I could do all the time, and right? You
3: can get entertained all the time,
0: and that's the problem. That's why I said. That's why I said that.
3: It's all on demand now.
0: That's yeah. That's why I said that uh, this might not apply today because people, you know, they could they have their mobile phone and twenty four hours a day distraction.
1: In terms of like on demand and entertainment content, I mean, there's so much oversaturation of the content, and you're not waiting mm-hmm. that people actually just tune out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know I have myself. When people have had to wait like one week for an episode to air, <laughs> that anticipation of the episode actually used to lead to a lot higher viewership totally. than it does today. Now, totally. people will turn on some random episode on Netflix, you know, fast forward through half of it, yeah. uh, skip to the next episode. The no value is diminished. The value is diminished. Mm-hmm. Right now it's just like I'm and, and I hear I'll ask Saad directly. Do you even watch TV anymore because like it's just by based on the oversaturation of like content and TV shows and movies. It's just you just don't even feel like watching anything anymore. Yeah. It's it's to the point where
2: it's like nobody watches TV anymore. Like your entire life is that right. Right. It's like it's like before it's like, oh, this is TV time.
1: Yeah. Right. Like I sit That's down, true.
2: I'm gonna come back from work, come <laughs> home from work, turn on the TV, watch it for like an hour. The show comes on and it's not going to come on for another week. Yeah. Now it's like literally, I could watch it at work. I could watch it when I come back from work. I could watch it in my bed. I could watch it when I wake up. You could watch anything at any time. So there's no like, there's no like, oh, do I do? Does somebody watch TV anymore? It's like mm-hmm. your your life is like yeah. like TV basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, all of for, it. for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah.
1: YouTube. For, for, yeah, you're and, surrounded by it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so. It's getting late, so I want to close. Do you have any last comments? I wanted to ask you about the, the Mutma'in. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, oh, uh, the mm. Itzmi'inan
0: is a gift that... Uh, and this is why um, comparisons between the Mu'mineen and other faiths or other religions should not be made because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed exclusive, an exclusive gift to Mu'mineen. Bil r'a'ufu rahim Ala That only for the believers, rafa ال- and a degree of Rahmah, which is com- a very deep compassion, right, uh, is for the believers. Only for the <laughs> believers. And secondly is, Ala bi Allah. Only by the dhikr of Allah, after you've believed in Him properly and remember Him, the hearts find tranquility. <laughs> so it's these are Adat uh, Hasr, uh, uh, or not Adat Hasr, or Sigat Hasr, which means that it's an expression of limitation. So the Mu'min who believes in Allah properly and remembers Him in the way that is the sunnah, right, uh, will be given this exclusive calmness, which will make him not greedy, right, will make him realize, Alhamdulillah, Allah has given me this and this, that's all he's given me, but there's barakah in it, there is plenty in it, and we've, I'm sure some of us have all experienced a time in life where you had very little, but you had so much happiness, okay, and you think in your mind, we have little, but you're like, wait a second, but we're happy, right, this is all we need, This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving people uh, calmness in their hearts. And this is something we should realize is exclusively handed to those who believe in Him properly. I would would say, just to
2: add to that, I mean, Mm. for most people, when do they relate the most happiest times of their lives? Mm. When they were children, right? Exactly. And that's when they had the least... Right Like comparatively To the rest of their life Yeah Right They have You have the least When you're a kid Yeah And your people Genuinely look back At their childhood With fondness And Mm. and like nostalgia
0: Yeah That's true
3: Yeah You know what They had something amazing Which was Unconditional love Mm -hmm. From their parents And reliance on others uh, For for their needs Mm. Tawakul You just have to have That again Tawakul In an unconditional acceptance In an adult way Yeah Which is through your God Through your Lord Yeah um, my final comment is going to be it's two points. One is everyone who has goals, political strategies, big ideas about how to achieve something for the Muslims and you want to do it fi you can't do it except by not taking shortcuts with Allah's decree. So there's no benefiting the Muslims by taking shortcuts because the your people who you think are your benefactors are expecting those shortcuts uh-huh. from you. Don't do it. It's not actually going to achieve what you're looking for. You're never going to have that success, except by relying on Allah totally and, and having no shortcuts. Uh-huh. And conversely, all of us who see this happening in our, in our community, especially here in the West, also rely on Allah because Allah's will always the victory will always be from Allah. So again, don't push the boundaries in challenging these things, but rather rely on Allah, stay within the bounds, and you'll see that you'll have tawakul, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, that you'll have tawfiq, because the tawfiq is only from Allah. In and, inshallah, in this way, if both people, if both sides do that, they'll find some some unity upon mm-hmm. the deen of Islam.
0: Inna ma allahu muttaqeen. Allah only accepts the action from the muttaqin. That means Allah Ta'ala will not accept a means that is not pious. And إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَمِيلٌ uh, or, uh, إِنَّ اللَّهَ uh, طَيِّبٌ لَا يَقْبَلُ إِلَّا طيبة. Allah is uh, wholesome, virtuous, right? Mm-hmm. He does not accept anything except that which is wholesome and virtuous. He will not accept a method, a means of work, right? That is uh, low, filthy, imbalanced, etc.
1: I think that's okay. a wonderful point that the in Islam, you know, we don't believe that the ends justify the mm-hmm. means. They yeah. don't uh just because something good might happen based on your lie or your corruption mm-hmm. or your in you know, haram money or your haram actions that does not justify the ends that mm-hmm. will come about even if they are good
0: and and we say about that you'll get you'll get what you want right but you won't be happy with it yeah. you'll get it but it won't make you happy you'll get it but it'll lead you astray
3: and Allah doesn't need you to bring about success that he's bringing about yeah. by circumventing the rules that he gave you yeah. in order to achieve anything. Like it's the most ridiculous thing yeah.
0: ever. It's like uh, an ambassador, right? You need to serve my interests, right? Go serve my interests, right? right. And you're going around and, and, and bullying people, massing around and, and being a fool, right? And, and breaking all the rules and making them look like a, look bad, your king look bad. And it's like, wait a second, just do your job. Yeah. Do what exactly what I said and go home. That's it. <laughs> do your job. If I need to bring a military, I'll bring my military, right? To get the job done. But you go make your statement exactly and go
1: home So all right
0: inshallah we're going to wrap it up so thank you jazakumu khairan Assalamu Alaikum